Wait, is it rolling now? Yeah. <laughs> you were, were going to say something wonderful. Oh, gosh. I know now I feel pressure. <laughs> Welcome to Undressed with Style Girlfriend. I am your host, Megan Collins, and this is our first podcast. I'm super excited. Can you tell? Are you excited? I hope so, but that's okay, because I'll be excited for both of us, no matter what. We called this little experiment of ours Undressed, because style is about so much more than clothes. And don't get me wrong, guys, I love helping you with picking out an outfit to wear to work tomorrow, or helping you build a wardrobe that you're really proud of. But you know what? Style is about more than just that. It's about living with passion, about loving what you do and waking up excited every day or, you know, at least most days. And so this is our forum to talk to cool, fun folks who are living their lives with style. I just really wanted to ask them, you know, what does it mean to you to live your life with style, to feel passion? How do you get to that kind of place? There's a lot of people that are really far from that. And, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are close but still feel like they have a ways to go. And That's just why I'm excited to basically pick the brains of people that I think are getting it right. And one of those people is our first guest, and that's Aaron Nagler. Aaron runs Cheesehead TV, which serves up Green Bay Packers coverage, as you probably could have guessed. He also works as an NFL analyst and video producer for FanDuel, which if you have the internet, you have probably heard a lot about in the past few days and weeks, and that's something we talk a little bit about. But It was just a really interesting conversation, and not just because he only realized that we were both from Wisconsin literally like halfway through our conversation, which surprised the heck out of me because I thought everyone either knows I'm from Wisconsin or thinks I still live there and not in New York City, so it was hilarious to me when he, you know, connected the dots there and we got to talk a little bit about, you know, hometown pride and all of that, but, you know, it's so interesting because Aaron started literally about as far from working in NFL commentary as you can get, which I'll let him tell you about. But it just meant that my favorite part of our conversation was how thoughtful he was about every move in his life. Because I really believe that finding what you're meant to do is generally like a circling the drain action. You know, if you're smart and yes, lucky, you just keep getting closer and closer to it. It's just, it's never generally a straight shot. And That's definitely been Aaron's experience, so I'm excited for you guys to hear about that. But before we get to our episode, I want to let you know about today's sponsor. Today's episode of Undressed is sponsored by Lumoid. Guys, as someone who takes not even exaggerating 10 minutes picking out toothpaste at the drugstore, the thought of spending hundreds of dollars or even thousands on a camera or, you know, other techie gadget, well, it can pretty much paralyze me. Apparently, Lumoid thought so, too, and they came up with a better way to solve that problem, which is to stop buying those gadgets and rent them instead. Lumoid rents digital cameras and gear, everything from Apple Watches to GoPro action cameras to Canon lenses to drones. Yeah, I said drones. And Lumoid rents them for $8 to $18 a day plus shipping, which is a steal. And if you do decide that you want to keep an item, Lumoid credits 30% of your rental cost for the past year towards the purchase price. Sweet, right? And special for undressed listeners, because I love you guys, you can head to lumoid.com backslash style girlfriend and use the code style GF at checkout to get 15% off rentals for cameras and wearables. And now on to our show. 
We are here with Aaron Nagler. Uh, Aaron, welcome to Undressed. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Still kind of in shock that I was asked to be here, but uh, <laughs> it is, it's lovely to, uh, lovely to meet you. Well, this is definitely how some of my favorite friendships, relationships blossom is right. uh, over Twitter, which is how we met. <laughs> yep. Um, and you've been following Style Girlfriend for a while. We followed you back and immediately realized that you were a Packers fan. <laughs> it, didn't, it doesn't take it a doesn't lot of deducing. No, yeah. <laughs> and got so interested and so had to get you in on the podcast and hear about your very interesting career, uh, <laughs> which has taken quite a few turns and, right, and right. twisted as they may be because... My understanding is you started out as a Broadway actor, is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I went to school for. I went to North Carolina School of the Arts, and when I graduated, I moved up to New York City in 2000, and that's what I was doing. I, I worked at an off-Broadway theater called Manhattan Theater Club, okay. and I did things like sell subscriptions over the phone, and while I was doing that, I was auditioning, and... That must not have been soul-crushing at all. No, well, it was fun. <laughs> I gotta say, I have to say, it does sound kind of like cliche in New York, you know, I was sleeping on a buddy's couch and had this job, but... I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you have a, you have a ball, you know, because you have no money, so okay. you have to be really inventive, like, how you have fun, and you, it's not like you're going out to restaurants and clubs, because you can't afford it, but... <laughs> Unless so you're sneaking did, in the back. Yeah, exactly. Unless you know somebody works there. We're sneaking out the um, back, is what's the But it was, it, uh, it was a great time, and, and I was auditioning, and I did some kind of really small off-Broadway stuff, and then I got... The kind of last thing I did before I stopped acting was the national tour for the Full Monty, <gasps> the Broadway production. And so that was fun. I got to take my clothes off in front of people. Every Great. Night. It was good times. Um, Your parents must have been so proud. Oh, very, very. Um, <laughs> and at that point, I had a three-year-old, I think it was. Um, and she came to see the first act in, in New Jersey, <laughs> not the second act. She was all done, honey. Exactly. <laughs> and she on. really didn't understand what I was doing. But it was a lot of fun. I miss it a lot. Really? I do. Yeah. What was the decision to shift out of acting? We, we got pregnant with our second child. Is what happened. Uh, I had a three week sit down in Detroit, and Carolyn came to visit me. And, and then I, you know what? I specifically remember there was we were uh, we were down in like Alabama for Thanksgiving. Okay. And is that where one of you is from? No, no, no. It was this oh, was on the, the tour. tour. Okay. And we, uh, yeah, I was sitting there, and I called Carolyn, and I was at a Denny's, like <laughs> in Alabama, eating this like horrible chicken oh. dinner. And Carolyn had been at a party with our friends, and she was with she was with Madeline, our our youngest, our oldest daughter, and I just remember being on the phone going, "This just sucks, man! Yeah. I can't do this." And she was at this point, she was pregnant, and it was just hard. You know, it was just too hard. Like, and I knew the kids didn't really kind of wouldn't understand where I was and what I was doing, so I moved back. And I made the decision. I, I gave my month and I was on the contract, and then I came back to New York, mm-hmm. and then I got a day job at a. Uh, at a, what was it, a uh, newspaper syndicate called United Media. And I, I, again, back on the phone, I was dealing with angry editors and Ooh. circulation problems. And people would be mad about Dilbert. And because they, they syndicated these all oh, bunch of like daily cartoons. Wow. And with their big so claim to fame. feeling the angry call. Oh, yeah. Like people, okay. you know, some, you know, I don't I can't even remember some of the, like, they had some, they had some obscure stuff. But they also, they represented Peanuts, like Charles Schultz, like okay. Charlie Brown, and stuff like that. So sure. you never get bad calls about that, but it was always like people wanting to use their likeness for whatever, and oh, et cetera, okay. et cetera. But yeah, every once in a while, somebody would get upset about a comic, and I would get to talk to them on the phone. Wow. Yeah. I would think that you actually could put your acting skills to I did. There. I did. I pretended like, like I cared. Right. Is kind of how it worked, because it's like, <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things, what is your life that you are taking mm-hmm. time out of your day to call an office in New York City that has... 
you know, no responsibility in regards to creating the content that you're upset about. It's mm-hmm. literally just a guy, myself, on the phone, sitting in a cubicle in New York <laughs> City, having to listen to you. So, I don't know. It's definitely, the points where I get angry about, like, a missing apostrophe or things like that right, when I read right, it in right. print, those are the times in my life where I'm like, oh, I don't have enough going on right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that shouldn't bother me so much. So, That's yes, good. I can imagine that yep. people who call up to complain about yeah, what Snoopy's up to. It was a, I don't know, it was just a weird gig. Like, it just, it was kind of one of those, like, kind of help out wherever you can kind of things. I was sure. kind of an office boy, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and then I started at... I needed more money. We were having kids, and I was like, wait, I'm not making enough. So then I got a job at um, the Blackstone Group, which is a private equity firm. And when a I jump? St- it was a jump. And, and when I started, I was just a floating assistant. Like, wherever they needed me, that's where I'd go. So still an office boy. Still an office boy. But then, I, I'll never forget it. It was they, uh, they hired a guy to kind of start up their PR division because they, did, they hadn't had one. And, really? And they'd suffered all of this, like, kind of row of bad press yeah. so they were like maybe we need a professional as financial institutions are wanting to maybe do. yeah exactly <laughs> so maybe we need a professional so they went and got this guy called Pete Rose who had worked for Goldman for 20 years and he was amazing I loved him uh, and he was my boss and so I kind of came on board the PR group mm-hmm. and I did PR and government relations for I guess about three years there and okay. I was you know on the phone to our lobbyists in Washington so it was di- very different phone calls wow. from the United Media and how did they kind of handpick you for that how did you I think it was I, I honestly think it was just my theatrical background because like I could talk to I, I was really good at schmoozing with the journalists if, if we're being honest here and okay. it's funny too because now I mean I cover the NFL but I know a lot of those guys still and I see them okay, or run into them about sometimes like Peter Lapman, who's now with the Times was then with the Wall Street Journal um, and Michael Dilla Merced and guys like that I still they follow me on Twitter and so we <laughs> we always uh, occasionally have back and forths there's one guy who actually, I think he writes for ProPublica, uh, Jesse Eisinger, who, he's a huge Packers fan. No, but I didn't know that when I worked at Right, because why would it come up, I suppose? Well, it's funny because it started to come up because I started, we started, my buddy and I started our Packers site, kind of around that time, 2007. And so, Peter Lapman did a story on me in the Times. Oh. About like, did you pitch him for that? Or no, he, he just pitched found me. Out? I don't remember. I think we he came You're in. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it, was, it was weird. It was really weird. Like he came in to talk to me uh, or talk to Pete, and I, we just got talking about football because I was always talking about football. Okay, that's, that's what I do. And it was just so funny. And then one day he just emailed me out of the blue and said, "I want to do a piece on you." And I was like, "That's bizarre." Okay. Yeah. But he did, and it was great. And they sent a photographer to our house and photographed the whole family, like. "Quote unquote," watching a like, Packers game. It was it was hilarious. It was just hilarious. Like Wheel of Fortune. Was it literally TV. was me with a computer, and we were just watching, looking at our television. I think I think it was like something like Wheel of Fortune, something totally unrelated. And but we got the girls in their Packer outfits sure. and everything, and we all pretended like we sat on the couch and all watched the Packer game together, which never happens. But um, yeah, it was it was funny. It was it was a weird juxtaposition, but that's kind of where it started. And I would do things like. You know, I was really, I was trying, I was pretty good at the job, and, and I was doing well, and I was getting promoted, getting, you know, raises, and it was great. I was kind of on a path, you know? And then, um, you know, I had started this Packers site, Cheesehead TV, with my buddy, Corey, who also was an actor. He, uh, we met at school, and we would okay. argue about the Packers all the time. Sure, as Broadway say, actors often do. Uh, right, <laughs> sure. And, uh, and people would say, you guys should have a show. Because all you ever do is just argue about the Packers. Bigger amusingly. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> fine. And, uh... But so uh, we were doing this website, and 
we were doing a podcast, and this is, he literally asked me, we should do a podcast, and I said, what's a podcast? Like, I didn't know. I had no clue. But we did it, and it started, and it kind of gained traction, and mm-hmm. it kind of, kind of just took off. It was weird. But I would do things like, like, like when, uh, I think it was Minicamp was on, I had a, an Excel spreadsheet that wasn't an Excel spreadsheet. It was actually TweetDeck made to look like an Excel spreadsheet. So I was actually following <laughs> along with practices and like, oh yeah, boss, really hard at work here, but I'm like really following along with like what's going on at practice camp. So that's how kind of like my life for three years was I would work from until I'd get out at like 5, 5.30. Mm-hmm. I'd go home. On my way, I'd have a triple grande cappuccino. Uh, I'd have an hour with the kids. I'd have an hour with the wife. And then they all go to sleep, and then I'd work on the website until like two or three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I'd wake up at six and start it all over again. I mean, as much as that sounds like it sucks, I actually love hearing people's stories like that because right. I think it's actually more frustrating when someone who maybe wants to start their own thing hears, "Yeah, I uh, started this site. I got the times right about me, and the next day I had a million views." <laughs> exactly right. So the fact that you mm-hmm. toiled for a while, I think that's generally how it is. I mean, it has to be. You have to be consistent. You have to be providing quality content, of course. Well, that's but the you thing. You also just have to stick it out. It's like it sounds so simple, but it's so true. Is like you have to be consistent in, mm-hmm. like, you got to do it every day. Like, there can't be a day where you're like, I don't feel like it. Like, it has to be every day. And even if it's crap, like, yeah. yes, it helps if it's quality <laughs> content, but just get something out there every single day. Get into Let that habit. It. It's like a muscle. Mm-hmm. It's like a muscle. Yeah, and that's yeah. the other thing. So many people that we've run into have started sites. They're just Packer sites. And, like, they do it for, like, three months or so, yeah. and then they just, just stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And I say that's the big difference. And Mike Myers had a great quote like that back on, I think he was in the actor studio, when he said, somebody had asked him about his career and if he ever thought about giving up, and he looked at the person in the audience and said, the only difference between me and somebody like you or somebody who maybe is questioning it is that I didn't stop. Yeah. And that was it. I never stopped. I never gave up. Even the moments that I'm sleeping in somebody's car, you know, eating ramen, whatever, I never stopped. And it's great. And I always think about that because it's true. Like, if you just keep going. It's just... Yeah, it's, I, it's so unglamorous. It's, it's such an unsexy so answer. Easy. Yeah, it's true though. It's, it sounds <laughs> it so easy. It doesn't sound easy. I think to anyone who's a month in and already going, what do I put up tomorrow? Yeah, right. that, it doesn't sound easy. I think it sounds easy to us because that's what we did. Right, right. Like it just sort of became this thing where it's not a choice anymore. Of course, I have to put something up tomorrow. No, it's no what I do. Me. It's just what I do. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. So we were doing that, and then Bleacher Report kind of came after me a little bit. I like, love those guys. They were struggling with their, their content. They're, it wasn't very good, and mm-hmm. people knew that, and people gave them crap about it all the time. And so they had hired a bunch of writers, like legit writers, and they approached me about helping with their NFL coverage. And, you know, that was a big jump. I mean, I had to take a significant pay cut to do it. Um, and God bless my wife for, you know, signing up and going along with it. But to her, her, like she always says, like, you'd be doing it anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, there was a time like this, this past year where I really thought about kind of stopping the whole NFL thing. Like I really thought about it, like I think about six months ago, I was like ready to go. Okay. It's time to pivot. But, and she said, she was like, you're going to be doing it anyway. Like you might as well get paid for it. Right. Like, yeah, Do it during good, the day instead of at good two, or three exact, in the two or three in the morning. Exactly. Um, which I still do. Um, but yeah, so they, they, you know, they made it work at least enough that I could leave my job in finance, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, so I started there, I started writing and then I went over to the video side and I helped them kind of build up their video group and helped bring in a couple guys I knew who covered the NFL and it was great. I think we knocked it out of the park. I'm really proud of the work we did there. 
Um, did you have any imposter syndrome of like, well, I'm not really a writer, or by that time, did you feel comfortable? Yeah, no, definitely. Especially the 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 tough part was that, yeah, you know, I didn't come on with much of a brief. Like they were very much kind of like drinking from a fire hose because yeah. they had a ton of traffic, and I just I'll never forget like. There was a post that I put up about Tim Tebow being booed at the Yankees game. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know, a 500-word missive of nothing. You yeah. know, I was like, it's going to be lost in the midst of time. Was there a point of view to it, though? Kind of, a little bit, yeah. It was, it was, you know, this is to be expected. Like, don't be surprised if you see every time you see Tebow in New York, he's going to get booed. Yeah. Especially at a Yankees game. Yeah. Um, but, and so then they put it on the front page, like, A1, like, main story. And I was like, wait a second. Like, this isn't supposed to be this. It's supposed to be some little blog post. And then it just, like, my Twitter blew up and all this stuff. And just because it was Tebow. But it was, like, yeah. nothing that I wrote. Like, it didn't yeah. matter. It just had his picture and his name. And that's all that mattered. And everybody's got an opinion about him instantly. But that was the moment where I was like, oh, wait a second. Now there is, n- like, anything I write is going to be read. Yeah, and people you got are going to have megaphone. Opinion, opinions about it. And I was like, I'm not a writer. I am very much, and to this day I say, I'm not a writer. I'm a, I'm a blogger. Very much, I wear that kind of moniker proudly. Mm-hmm. I love, I'm a hunter and a pecker on the, uh, <laughs> on the keyboard. You know, I have a one finger wonder. <laughs> um, but no, it's, I'm not, I'm just not a writer. It's just, I really had aspirations of being a writer okay. when I started, but I came to realization very quick that I'm not. I can I can express myself, and I think I right. do a good job of. People have told me that I do a good job of kind of writing in a voice, yeah, my voice, like how I it make it, it makes it easy to read. But I'm definitely not great. And I think that also kind of speaks to what we were talking about before. Where for us, it's like, well, of course, we just kept going, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing with writing in your voice. That's something that um, my readers love about Style Girlfriend. Thankfully, um, is like whenever they comment, they're always kind of like talking to me and it yes. makes it feel like it's, it's a conversation. conversation exactly and so the fact that you can write in your own voice you know you you would be having the same conversation offline right. i think that's what people really relate to yeah it's and interesting it's then for everyone it's interesting though when you meet people like who you've only ever seen online or mm-hmm. on twitter or whatever and then like Corey and i went to my partner Corey and i went to the opening of packers camp for the website and we had a big kind of event where we did a live show and blah 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 but you meet people. I, I it was so bizarre. Like those first two days, just walking around Lambeau Field, I had so many people come up to me and go, "I follow you on Twitter. I love your stuff." Like blah 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 blah. I was like this is awesome. Like <laughs> it was so great, and people were so nice. And like yeah. because you know how Twitter, especially, can be like just a sewer. Like it can yeah. just be awful. Like with people with the worst stuff to say, and just are so mean. And this is whatever. Oh, absolutely. Um, but then to like have this experience of people who follow you on Twitter. Who probably never even tweeted you, right? Who are just like there, there they are in person, yeah. saying like I love what you do and I like I'm so happy to meet you. It's like hey, it was such a shot in the arm, you know. It was great, um, but that was the moment where like this kind of like a couple months ago now, where I was like, holy cow, like that's how powerful this is. Mm-hmm. Was, I just thought that was pretty cool. I've told this story before, but the moment for me that was like I made it was right. a good friend of mine uh, who recently moved down to Boston she went on a Tinder date and they sort of got talking about style and he said well I think I dress pretty well I mean I, I read Style Girlfriend um, and everything oh hello and I, she's go. like literally she's like oh the date went nowhere but I had to tell you <laughs> <laughs> nice. and I was so excited because I mean I think I still have this sense of like it's my 
parents reading the site. Right. You know oh, that's I mean? what I always like, say. When we start, when we, I very first started blogging about football, it was called Aaron Nagler's Football Report. And I, my, my phrase is always, I think three people read it, and one of them was my dad. Like, I'm pretty sure. The other and one you was can, my friend. Like, you can see your analytics, or you can see how many Twitter followers right. you have, but it doesn't, still doesn't compute until no. it do, there all. is something that happens offline, and you're like, oh. Wait a second, this is real world. You yeah. Know? This actually reaches people. Yeah, it is, it's, a, it's a cool feeling. Definitely. So how was Packers camp? It was great. It was hot. Like, there were people, I was crazy. We stayed at this dump hotel, like, right next to the practice field. Perfect. Just so we could just walk out and be right there. Yeah. And I, I got up at, like, 6 a.m. thinking, I'm on top of it. Like, I'm going to be there. There were people lined up <laughs> at 6 a.m. outside the, the field ready to get in. I'm like, they oh, are gosh. so, it's so great. It's such a great vibe. It's so kind of full of life and hope and it's the new Packers season. I'm the same way, you know. It's I'm such a geek about the team. And Well, are you glad that you're also coming from a position of not having to be objective like this is your team you know it's funny knows it's your team. so that's really interesting you asked that because for a long time I kind of struggled with that because I try I was really trying I think when I was like my kind of last year of bleach report I was really kind of wondering about that like how can I go down this road where I have to be a quote-unquote objective journalist mm-hmm. about the game of football, which I think now I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, it's a game. It's a game, yeah. and it's football, and we're, it's supposed to be fun. Covering it should be fun. Reading about it should be fun. People And the NFL itself treats itself like it's curing cancer or something. My oldest daughter has the greatest line. Like, whenever there's, like, anything having to do with the NFL, it's all, like, drums and trumpets. And, like, <laughs> and she's like, they take themselves so seriously. I'm like, they fanfare. really do. And she's so right. I, like, I couldn't agree more. But I had this moment where I was like, you know, here, this is, you know, not Edward Murrow, you know, you're not Walter Cronkite here. Like, have some fun. And I was like, you know, I was kind of kick myself in the butt. And I was like, yeah, I, like, own your fandom. Because yeah. Yeah, if I just hide it, people know. People, mm-hmm. you know, and that's and the other thing. it makes you less interesting. Yeah, I think so, too. They want right? to get excited with you. There's and enough people being kind of sarcastic. Exactly. Con- and tra- being drawn. like absolutely like neutral. Like, come on, you're not a robot. You have feelings about it. Like, whether you yeah. pretend you do or not. Yeah. Like, thank God you don't work in politics. I mean, oh, I at the end of the day, it's football. <laughs> it's been fun. And what opportunities have come since sort of diving in with both feet? Oh, it's funny. Uh, well, you know, I'm working with FanDuel now, right. and they're obviously exploding, and yeah. you can't turn on the television at the moment without seeing their advertisements. I know. I've been wondering about that. <laughs> it's, well, you know, they're, they're, in a, a play. they're in a race with a competitor. Um, you know, it's all about uh, signing new people up. Um, but it's funny because I don't have a whole lot to do with that that end of things, I really just, I make videos for the site, I produce videos, and I write content. So, and I, I literally, I tell people, I've got the best job in the world because I watch football, and I tell people what I think. And I, who could get mad at that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's great, though. I, I love the company. I've only been there, like, now, God, like a month, not even. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, it's brand new. So, and I'm having a ball, and it's been fun. Did they have to pitch you pretty hard to leave what you were doing, or? No, no, no. Well, it was funny because, like, I didn't, when I was working with Sports Illustrated, I was only doing like two or three things a week. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on full time and I was kind of like, but it gave me a lot of time to focus on Cheesehead TV on my website. And it was funny because then I, that meant I was home a lot. And over the summer, that meant I was home with the kids a lot. And it's really hard to get anything done when you're home with the kids. <laughs> Um, they're adorable. I like, obviously love my children. Well, that's why it's hard to get anything done, I would imagine. It is, it is. And the youngest one is so, her name is Olive, and she is... Oh, that's very cute. She is totally spunky, and totally, and she's now, she, she told me the other day she's a gamer. 
She's a gamer. She loves okay. uh, Minecraft and what's the other one? Um, she's really into the Wii U all of a sudden. So she's all into uh, the Lego movie game and Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, sorry. She'll, oh. she, she would correct you. She would correct me. She gets all upset when I say the wrong one. How that's old is she? Game. She's seven. How many like hours a day does she get to game? Um, I don't know. She's probably doing it right now, actually. <laughs> now, now I think about it. Um, she, if she, if she had her druthers, I think she'd probably do it like eight or nine hours. But you know, try to limit it to like two or three. Like, yeah. You know, that's if you're a kid, that's that's pretty good. Like, yeah. You're, you're you're living the dream if you're playing two hours of video games a day. So. Absolutely. But I I get I'm not trying to like that's the other I get, it's a tough road to hoe when you're trying to like balance the fact that she's really into it and she loves it and she loves talking about it and she loves talking to her friends about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to feed that. Of like course. That's great. It's better than talking about Justin Bieber all yeah. day. Oh, God, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> I have, our oldest is very into pop music oh, and she does things she like, she just, she she's tomorrow going to a meet and greet with Ariana Grande. Oh my. And she's got it all planned out and I'm like, <sighs> all right, baby, that's, that sounds wonderful. I'm, I'm in the middle of work. I'll, I'll call you back. <laughs> But, but she's really she excited about it. She got to call her dad about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think well, that's what I mean. You guys like, must have a great relationship. We do. We do. She's definitely hit the teenage years hard, if you know what I mean. Uh, she's, I mean, meet but and greets with Ariana Grande. That's, that's oh, man. Hard she hurt. Right. When they're babies, when they're little kids, you can play whatever music oh, yeah, you, you want the around Beatles, the house. And you're like, you'll listen we, to we, and we like did. It. Every Sunday yeah. morning is what we would do. We'd put oh, on the Beatles. Dude, wait, do you guys have um, Beetle Brunch here? Uh, that's a thing I, in Wisconsin. That sounds like something I, I would know about, but I don't. I was on, my dad always used to play it. It was on the radio in Wisconsin. I don't even know what station, but I mean, they still Wait listen a second, to it today. Are you from Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm from Madison. You are not. I swear I'm from Madison. Wait, how long have we been talking? And <laughs> how I did didn't you not even realize that? this. I had no idea. <laughs> I actually saw this on your wall. I said Brooklyn and Madison. I was yeah. like, is that, is that Madtown? Like, yeah, born and raised. Get Everyone in my out family went to UW. I had no me. idea. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've been on the East Coast for a long time, but. Yeah, so, uh, there you go. Where in Wisconsin are you from? Appleton. Oh my god, I had a good friend that worked in Appleton for like a year. Right. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. left. She got into pharmaceutical it's sales. It's not for and everybody. It was like her only market like that she could break into and then now she's off That's in California. So yeah, well. I thought that I honestly I always think that just permeates. Like I feel like everyone knows I'm from there because I talk about Wisconsin almost as much I as no I talk idea. about New York. Well you do a very good job of hiding it on the your, accent on your Twitter, Thank you. on your Twitter feed as well. Mm. So that's good. But I no, lived but, here when I was 18, and I pretty I managed the front desk at a hair, like a fancy hair salon, right. and I very quickly lost the accent. You weren't allowed to go, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, basically. Right. We'll be right with you. It only, and I mean, I'm from Madison, so I don't think it's as bad, but then like, I'll get off the phone with my mom or my sister, like That's everyone still lives there, and all of a sudden it's just like, Comes all right out. of my vowels. That happens to my wife when she talks to anybody back home in London. Yeah. She's from London. And so she gets... Oh, she, that's, she, that's cute, at least. It, it's, that's a good look. We always used to joke. I, she used to joke. I would say, we need to... So let's move to London when the girls were still little. Yeah, have adorable and little she, girls that are like, Daddy. Exactly. But she said, <laughs> we weren't allowed to move to London because then I would be the exotic one. That's what she... Oh. She likes being the mysterious I mean, you've seen bride. Love Actually, right? Oh, too many times. <laughs> I, don't, I have a love-hate relationship with that movie. I... We watched it. We always watch a a movie on Christmas Eve with my whole family, Mm -hmm. and we watched Love Actually a couple of years ago. Yeah. After not like I hadn't seen it in several years, and so my grandma, my like ninety year old grandma, is sitting there as and Martin Freeman's naked. Yeah. Good times. We realized pretty quickly that that wasn't the right choice. Maybe maybe that one for grandma. Went went for the Lego Movie that next year. Yeah. That's a good one. See, that's a good one. But in that movie, yeah, the the guy moves to wherever Milwaukee, and oh, all the chicks right. love I totally him. forgot about that. Yeah, you would be that's exotic right. if you went over there. If I went over there, exactly. But no, it was not to be. Yeah, no, do you have three girls? Three girls. Yeah. 
What's that like? Sounds terrifying. It, <laughs> it can be. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's great. I love it. Um, I love them to the moon and back. Uh, Madeline is amazing. She's so smart. She wants to be a filmmaker. Um, actually, her dream job is to make videos at BuzzFeed. That's what she wants to do. <laughs> and she just shoot for the stars. That's, that that's, what, that's what she wants to do. She's like, I love what they do, and that's awesome. it's just it's just great. And then there's Violet, who's our middle kid. She's ten years old. She has autism, and she's the most amazing human being I've ever met in my entire life. Like she, she's incredible, and her ability to like cut through the BS at any given moment is is just great. And then there's Olive, the gamer. <laughs> so that's them. Yeah, they're uh, they're great. I love them. What are you teaching them? Ha! Um, I, I, that's great. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm teaching them. Uh, clean up after yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I, probably, the, I know Madeline has mentioned it before about, you know, she wrote me a great card for my birthday this summer, and she was like, to that end, she said, you know, it's really inspiring seeing you following your dream in a city that you... <gasps> you know, grew up wanting to live in, which is true. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, was, uh, as early as I can remember, I always wanted to live in New York City. Like, Same. growing up in Wisconsin, yeah. I just, I knew it. I knew that's where I wanted to be. I always say, like, I was Luke Skywalker and Wisconsin was Tatooine. Like, I couldn't wait to get away. Like, <laughs> I, all just I for the record, to. listeners, I never said that. <laughs> no, <Nah. laughs> you were Princess Leia. Yeah, of course. No, but I just, you know. But yes, I feel you. It I just, just never felt like any other option. Yeah, that's yeah. all I ever wanted to do, and now I do it. And it's funny that Madeline has really picked up on that. And I don't talk about it a lot. I don't say it a lot, you mm-hmm. know. But there are moments where I just, today, I was downtown, and I'm, like, looking at the Brooklyn Bridge going, my God, I'm really, I'm here. This is, I've been in here 15 years. Yeah. And it's still as amazing today as it is as it was when I got off the plane at LaGuardia 15 years ago. You know, it's just, it's really incredible where I walk, I'm in Times Square all the time because I'm, because yeah. I, you know, we're around there and there's a studio there that I go to a lot and I still pinch myself, you know, the bright lights, the big buildings and I just, you know, for a kid from Wisconsin, it's pretty amazing. And yeah. so to that end, it's like, I hope I'm teaching them that. I hope I'm teaching them, you know, your, you know, your passion, your drive, uh, don't let it get crushed by a lot of silly stuff, which, goodness knows, every day presents opportunities for those things to uh, come along. But, you know, it's great. And I, you know, it also helps when you have an amazing wife, which I do. She's, uh, she's put up with a lot. <laughs> um, she puts up with me. She puts up with a lot from me. But, yeah, she's, I mean, without her, I wouldn't be doing this. And there's no doubt about that. Um, but she's really kind of allowed me to... Do but to do that to follow my passion and follow something that really I'm really passionate about. So it's pretty great. I've, I have a pretty awesome life, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I hope you go home and like give everyone big hugs after this. Like, I will. I think that's a perfect segue. We we love to talk about um, the idea that it can be really hard to have sort of all burners on. Um, mm, yeah. So especially when you're passionate about what you do, other things can suffer. So I want you to be really honest, and I'm going to have you grade yourself. Honestly, all right, good because I've been lying this whole time. So now, I'll, now I'll be honest. Okay, so let's start. Let's start easy. Let's start with style. How would you grade yourself? <laughs> uh, D plus, probably. <laughs> well, when you approached me about being on the podcast, I'm like, wait, you got the wrong dude. <laughs> I follow you because I don't know what the hell I'm doing when it comes to style. If I'm in all black, I'm the happiest. Like, okay. I just want to be in black all the time. Like, so you're kind of a uniform guy. 
Yeah, I guess. Oh, but only because the uniform is black, though. Like, But I see other people wearing really cool stuff and go, God, I'd love to wear that. But I just never am able to put it together. My wife tries to help me, but I'm just hopeless. No, that's why you're getting friend. No, no way hopeless. <laughs> so what would you say, like a B? D plus. No. Oh, yeah. Right. <sighs> it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, what about health and fitness? Oh, awful. I always say that the, the, <laughs> what I do is I... My workout is the my my beer mug, you know, and I work out my arm with the, the okay. beer, the drinking of the beer. I don't know. It's like I joined the gym last year. I never go. Like yeah. whenever I go, I always feel like I'm wasting my time. Okay. I always feel like I'm missing. I could be doing something more productive, and I realize that's stupid because like you're being healthy, like that's a good thing, especially when you have three kids and you want to be around to see them grow up, etc. Right. But I'm like, but then there's another side of me where it's like. I'm just going to go, like, later day Jim Morrison. I'm going to get all fat and get grow a beard. And <laughs> sure, your wife would love that. I'm sure. Like, and she's the one who's always like, you go to the gym. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Is so, this something that you value? Maybe. I mean, do you eat healthy? No. Like, no, I don't. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. You've invited, like, the worst guests for any of this <laughs> Like, I don't. I, I'm from Wisconsin. I like beer. I like I'm burgers. Yeah. But, like, when you're watching football, like, putting, yes. like, putting up the a balance tofu goes burger, out of doesn't whack. Like, kind of quite work. Like, last night I was watching the Monday Night Football. I was eating nachos and drinking oh, beer, you know? Nachos, it's like, that sounds really good right now. It was so good, let me tell you. <laughs> but, so, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not great in either one of those departments. Well, then let me throw you a softball. Okay. Career. I'd say... I'm hovering around a B. Like, I, I think... Yeah? I did. I think it would depend on what kind of mood you caught me in. Like <laughs> right, day? right now, I th- I'd say B minus. Yesterday, I probably would have said B plus. So. Okay. What, what changed oh, between okay. yesterday and today? Oh, just just work stuff. You know, you know how that. You know. Yes. You get like you can have a bad. You get an idea and you think it's <laughs> exactly, and you think <laughs> something not be all day. You think something's going to work really well and it doesn't, or something you didn't think worked well kind of gets magnified. I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's one of those things where. Like I'm not doing near what I want to be doing, mm-hmm. and I'm working to get there, like every day, obviously. But you know, I know I'm on the right path. You feel like it's in your sights. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's just a question of like, it's going to take a while to get there. That's What's all. a while? I don't know. That's a that's a good question. Um, what I'd love to do, like Corey and I always joke, what we'd love to do is like be able to make Cheesehead TV like pay pay my salary. Like yeah, the, the, the day that happens, then the dream has arrived. But that that will take a while. We always joke about the Packers buying us, and we I, I did t- actually talk to the Packers this summer. You know what it. a cool sentence that is, right? It was I yeah talked to the Packers. Yeah, it was. Kind, it did kind of blow my mind because I was I had lunch <laughs> at Lambeau Field with one of their high up executives, and she was great. On she the was really. Line. Yeah, that would be. Really <laughs> cool. Yeah, we, it was <laughs> just a t- dinner for two on the fifty yard line. No, no, no. It was at their new restaurant, and we were sitting next to the president, Mark Murphy, and we were just. It was just surreal, you know. But, and then, you know, they were talking just about, you know, various stuff that I can't get into at the, at the oh, moment. Oh, sure, sure. I'm at liberty to discuss right now. But, no, it was great. And so, like, at that moment, I was like, God, this, I'm this close. That was an A. Yeah, that day. That day, <laughs> that day A plus. A. Like, it was great. And so, yeah, I don't know. Just, I think that's true of anybody, though, like, in their career. Like, it is a very day-to-day thing, especially now when so much of what you do, when we, like you, you work online, you know, so much of what you do is not only presented, but you get so much feedback instantly, In, daily, yes. right like, away. Right away, it's like it, it can't help but kind of change your view of 
whatever it is you're doing because you're getting instant feedback all the time. And your day is sometimes narrated by social media. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's really weird to me. Because it's like, these people are just, they're so, they're so horrible. Yeah. Like last night I tweeted something about, there was a couple, uh, you know, it was two men, like, asleep on the train. They had obviously been out. They were dressed up. And the guy had his head on his partner's shoulder. And it was so great. It was like, I love living in a city where that is happening and no one's freaking out. And it's just part of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And I made the mistake of tweeting about it. I was like, because I was really happy. It was like one of those moments where you're really welling up with pride and happiness. Yeah. And it takes, like, all five minutes for, you know the blowback and pushback from that to happen. It's like ignorant folks? Yeah, ignorant, homophobic, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just... I don't want to think that there's there's a middle of a Venn diagram of Packers fans and just... Big, yeah, well, this is just anybody. This guy, I mean, it's fo- you know, it's fo- I have a yeah, lot of football. football fan followers, yeah. so I get that there's going to be kind of, like, disagreements in right. regards to world issues and whatever, but, like, the need to attack, like, just innocuous, like, a completely... You know, innocent little observation like that. Hey, at least you're not a woman tweeting about sports. Dude, I can't even tell you. I can't even imagine. Like, I know, obviously, I know women who cover the NFL, who cover sports online. I can't even fathom the crap they take and the existence that they have They have to accept. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not even a question of, look, we all, you know, even someone like me who recognizes it, I can talk about it, and I have tweeted about it, and I have written about it, and I have spoken to people about it. There's nothing I can do that's ever going to change that existence. And they know, the women in this industry know that this is part of the gig. And it's like they have to accept it. Like there's no, I, I, we had Katie Nolan on our show last year. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, doing very well now. Yeah, we overlapped for a little bit. Uh, I was writing for Gaiaism when she was doing videos. When she was doing videos. And now she's got the television show. Which is amazing. She's so talented. She is, and I love her. And then I see people responding to her on Twitter, and I'm like, God, and she's like, yeah, every day. Yeah. Every day. I'm like, I can't imagine that. Like, Twitter, like we were just talking about, Twitter as, as an existence is hard enough. Like, yeah. just in and of itself. But then you throw that on top of it, mm-hmm. it's just, I can't even fathom it. Like, yeah. yeah, it just, it blows my mind. Blows my mind. And they have to deal with it. It's just part of the landscape. And I think it's one of those things where, because you're not a horrible person, you follow her and you'll read something she says and think, oh, that's funny, or favorite, or would apply. Know. And you don't realize because nobody's necessarily digging into yeah. these female reporters' feeds. Yeah. All the horrible things that are being it's said. It's unbelievable. It's there, but it's only you know it only bubbles up. Because every once in a while, somebody like Michelle Beadle or Kate right. Nolan will retweet them, yeah. and you'll see it. And I'm just it's like going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm just like you've got to be kidding me! I can't believe these people are out there. And I recognize that a l- maybe not a lot, but some of it is just people looking to get a rise out of people. Like that's like, they don't even believe the things that they're typing. They're just doing it because they know they'll get a response, they'll get a reaction. But just that that's your existence every yeah. day. I can't, yeah, it's hard for me to. It's like the people that. complaining about cartoons times a million. <laughs> it's just like you have to have better things to do with your time. Yeah, like what is your life? That's yeah, just all what I is your know. life? I just want to know what is your life? I don't, I don't know. So before we wrap up, I want to do, uh, we play a little game called Quick Hits. Uh, quick Hits. Quick Hits. Let's do it. On Style Girlfriend, we things that we like, we call them SG approved. All right. right. Okay. Uh-huh. So I want to know if these things are AN approved. Okay. And if they're not, then you say not this dude. <laughs> and you don't All get right. to explain yourself. Nope. Because I hear too often from people, well, oh, this, yeah, but not for me, but for no, okay. either. So it's AN approved or, or not, not this dude. dude. All right. You got I'm, it. I'm all in. All right. Starting with 
jogger pants. Not this dude. Splitting the check on a first date. Not this dude. Man tank tops. Not this dude. <laughs> All inclusive resorts. AN approved. Gluten. Not this dude. Office romances. Not this dude. Man buns. Not this dude. <laughs> what are these things? CrossFit. AN approved. Yeah, okay. Brunch. AN approved. Vin Dieseling, which is shaving your head bald as soon as you or as soon as you start to go bald. Not this dude. Smart cars. AN approved. Sports cars. AN approved. And finally, reality TV. Not this dude. No? No way. I, uh, no just, bachelor well, I just I was just gonna say we just got done watching or Carolyn and my and my oldest just got done watching uh, what is it, Bachelor in Paradise? Oh, isn't that the like oh even my sexier one? God, it's just is like how are these daughter? people like who are what, what again, what is your life? Like uh that would be all we'd be here for another hour. I can't do it. I will it's say a lot of the NFL like analysts and folks that I follow, right. they love I know Bachelor. they do. I know. It's like a I, I think it's kind of a dude show. A, a couple years ago, I did watch a season with Carolyn. Okay. Like we would that was our kind of our Monday night thing where we would like kind of watch out. it. We would zone out and watch it. But otherwise you weren't letting people know that you were watching? No, I, I let people know. <laughs> you know, I don't that kind of stuff. I don't really you don't hide it. Guilty pleasures. There's a there's a guy I used to work with at Bleach Report named Michael Felder. He is a former defensive back, and he played football. Now he lives in Carolina with his wife, and he works still, still works for Bleacher Report doing videos for them. He is the greatest dude I've ever met in regards to the fact that he truly, I mean truly doesn't care what people think about him. Ooh, solid. So, and, and like a lot of people say that. Yeah. Like Felder lives it. Like to the point where he'll be tweeting about his pedicures and getting, he'll take pictures of his toes being colored purple and all this stuff. And like people are like, why are you showing this dude? What is wrong with you? Because they're football fans. You know? right. They're not. They don't know what the hell is going on. Here's this former football player getting a pedicure, like, and he, and he just doesn't care. He's like, it's fun. And his favorite what? thing to do is like read Cosmo and Harper's Bazaar. <laughs> like he'll tweet about like things that are in Harper's Bazaar, and I'm like, dude, I love you. Like it's just great. So like, when it comes to those things, like you were watching The Bachelor, yeah, I just I throw it out there because I don't care. You know, I I love what I love, and that's just the way it is. Do you think that you've had to sort of dig your heels in any more because of the industry that you work in? I mean, because it's, I mean, for better or for worse, it's 2015, and I think mm. NFL and football in general is still this very macho oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Do you think that you've, like, leaned into that in a way to be like, well, then, yeah, I'm going to do whatever uh, I want? I, I think there was kind of a time where I thought about that. Like, I was really cognizant of it, but now I don't. Like, now I'm just who I am, and if, you know, you don't like that, that's fine. And I know that there are lots of people who, like, when they're on Twitter, they're, looking for information or they're looking for like just football mm -hmm. and that's fine great there are plenty of avenues for you to go down there are plenty of you know news services that you can follow <laughs> on twitter for just stats Sports or stats. you know, you know yeah. what i mean so but i'm a person i'm a human being and my twitter feed kind of reflects that mm -hmm. so i'm fine with it so then the last thing i want to ask you i always ask undressed uh interviewees uh what was your first million bucks moment um I would say when I got married, um, I still remember I was up in the Bronx at my buddy's place, and we got married downtown at a place called Le Souk in Alphabet City, which is actually now back. They've reopened it someplace else. Um, but it was a Moroccan restaurant, and it was in December, but they had a heated tent out back for us to get married in. And we, it was a very small wedding. It was only like 25 people. And I remember 
sitting with my buddy in my suit and I kind of, you know, caught myself in the mirror and I was like, damn, <laughs> I, I'm pretty damn good. You know, she's pretty darn lucky to be getting me. <gasps> but then I remember it was funny too, because then we went to, uh, we went, we, I took the train down, um, from the Bronx <laughs> to go get married. New York. I love it. Right. <laughs> and we're sitting there and I was singing, I was, pra- I was singing, I will by the Beatles. You know, who knows how yeah. long I loved you. My sister sang it to her husband at their wedding. I sang it to my wife uh. at our wedding. And she had no idea I was going to do it. And so I got down on one knee and sang it to her in front of everybody. And it was great. But I remember my buddy Luke was my best man. He was like, I was wondering why you were singing that song. I, was like, yeah, I, was, I had to make sure I had it, you know. But yeah, I remember sitting, I was sitting there on the, on the train, like in my suit, like just all dressed up, singing the Beatles to myself. Like it was great. It was great. Just to go, that whole day was great. Like we had a yellow cab back from the wedding to we stayed at the plaza that night because it was still a hotel then. Perfect. And we you know we had a room overlooking the park. And the next morning, Carolyn. <laughs> the next morning, Carolyn woke, woke me up at like five a.m. and she all she said was like, "Go find Advil, like, right, sweetie. No problem." So it was a good party. It was great. Oh, we had a ball. And then we we walked up the park and we went to the Met and we saw exhibit there and it was just great it was just a great like 24 hour span great new york once the hangover subsided yeah well you know that was it and it was just yeah it was just wonderful it was just wonderful but that was it that was the day i was like i like i never liked the way i look but that day i kind of liked how i looked who is the suit by you know i don't know i kind of put through it together really like a bunch of different pieces it was uh what was the coat i'm trying to remember i don't remember See, this is what I mean. That's why I'm a D plus. I don't, I don't, I don't keep track of these things. I just, if they look, look, if I like the way it looks, I'll wear it. Yeah. Like you always throw out these great combos, and I'm always like, I would never put that stuff together, and I always have to say. But then you could, ah, and then you'll be that guy that does. Put but together you, you, what you threw out? What was it the other day? You threw out an all black ensemble. I got I'm that. I'm all over that. You're that like, was I can handle that was, it. That was that was it. That was the one. I think I responded to you. I said, I boom. <laughs> That was it. It was all black. We'll just start doing Aaron days. That's just, it. Just all black. Monochromatic. There you go. I love it. I don't, now I just, that we've got like that black. figured out, our editorial calendar is set for the next month. Perfect. I'm glad I can be of assistance. <laughs> well, Aaron, thank you so much for being here. I know our listeners are going to... I mean, I enjoyed this conversation, so actually they can go screw themselves. I had a great time. <laughs> Very nice. Well, thank, again, thanks so much for having me. It was a shock to be invited, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you did, and I'm glad I came. It was great. Awesome. Go Packers. There you go. <laughs> That's our show, our first show. (laughs) Thank you so much to Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV and FanDuel for stopping by. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did, and let's be honest, that's what really matters. (laughs) Just kidding. Thanks again to our sponsor, Lumoid. Remember, you can head to lumoid.com backslash stylegirlfriend and use the code STYLEGF at checkout to get 15% off rental for cameras and wearables. Please go support them so they continue to support us. Till next time, this is Undressed. I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. Thanks for listening.